What's up, guys? Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Near. The music for today's show is provided by Misha Zarin, so many thanks to Misha. I strongly encourage people to check out their local food bank to see how they can help, as food banks like the Ozarks Food Harvest here in my town are helping families overcome food insecurity, which is a problem we need to solve. I also invite you to follow me on social media like Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, where you can find me at The Walk Show or The Walk Show Pod. All of those links are in the show notes for you to click on. This week we are joined by Sandra Pelly, who has a passion for empowering people, primarily women, so they can figure out what traumatic events are holding them back. And then Sandra works with her clients to help them rewrite those events. And then she supports them in moving forward from there with changing their mindset. In our conversation, Sandra shares some really thoughtful insights into how people deal with trauma and how she's able to help them find a better way. I was really excited about my conversation with Sandra, so let's get over to it. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast, Sandra Pelly. Thank you so much for joining. How are you doing this evening? I am doing really well, having a, having a lot of fun doing the preamble coming up into actually sitting down and chatting with you. Really looking yeah. forward to sharing space. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for for joining. And um, yeah, I'll just I'll just be completely frank with the listeners. We had some technical issues uh, ahead of our recording this evening, and uh, I can certainly say that you are a very patient <laughs> person. Um, so thank you again for that. Um, but yeah, so you are um, a, a person who's really done a, a, a pretty wide variety of work th- throughout your life. Um, most recently, when when we kind of connected, you had talked about. Um, your passion really being about trying to, to empower people and, and maybe help them maybe identify, you know, events, you know, maybe traumatic events in their past that are holding them back and, and how can they maybe reframe those or, 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 or use those to change their, their relationship maybe with those things. So they're not, they're not being held back by them and they're able to kind of move forward. But do you maybe want to elaborate a bit on that? Kind of what, what does that look like right now? Certainly. I, I think I have to do a little bit of backstory first yeah. so that you have a better understanding. Uh, you know, was born and raised in a, a, a tourist town in Alberta, Canada, and had a, a fairly significant injury in 2000 where I dislocated my pelvis on both sides. Oh my. And yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. It was actually dislocated for a solid year before anybody would actually acknowledge that I had a problem. And it was, it was pretty horrendous. It uh, brought my life to a dead halt. And in that process, I uh, looked at the traditional methods, you know, and by traditional, I mean, Western, the traditional, what most people uh, in North America and other places are familiar with. Uh, going to doctors, going to physiotherapists, going to nerve specialists, pain specialists, all sorts of things, mm-hmm. and truly having found no help whatsoever. So I turned to holistic methods. Mm-hmm. And in the discovering the holistic methods, found something that I wanted to do, and that was to help people. And the, the story kind of began there with that learning a few modalities and really starting to step into the energy of that. And when we talk about rewriting the energy patterns of something, a traumatic event, that began because of clients coming to my home because of a modality that I was doing. And I was doing energy work with them, hands-on energy work with them. And I had a client come in and he had been suffering with back pain for a number of years, quite a few years. Mm. 
uh, to the point where it was really starting to affect his life even more so than it had been before. And he was just kind of getting to the end of his rope as to what to do with this. And as he was laying on the, uh, you know, the, the table or what have you, I was feeling into the energy and, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this energy and I'm, I asked him like, this really feels like this was uh, an injury. Like, did you, did you have a, a bicycle or a motorcycle type of accident? And he confirmed that he did. And then we went back and we truly, we, we rewrote that whole energy of that. And what I mean by that, would you like an example? Like, would yes, you like me to please. tell you how to do that? Okay. Yeah. So essentially what had happened was he had had this colossal crash on a dirt bike on a dirt track. And when he went flying off the bike, he landed on both feet and shattered both ankles. Oh. Yeah, it was it was quite brutal. And what I asked him to do was to to, you know, close his eyes and just feel into the energy as a witness, not feeling into the energy of feeling what happened, the pain in that, but to witness that accident again. And this time when he was doing it, to actually feel how he rolled instead of landed on both those ankles, both of those feet. Mm. And he just laughed at me. So I'm like, okay, you know what? That's fine. If, if you're not getting it this time, what I'd like you to do is just take a breath and do it again. And when he did it the second time, he was actually able to envision himself rolling. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we, we went through this three times. And so by the, by the third time, we have now gone from uh, breaking both ankles to tucking and rolling to now actually riding the motorcycle out the dirt bike out like he didn't even crash essentially so we've mm. rewritten it three times now the, the importance of the three times is that you're dealing with the actual injury when it happened the past the present the pain and suffering that you're living in right now is the second time and the third time that you rewrite it is how you are moving forward into the future so this is why we do it three times mm. Any questions around that? I know it's a, it's a pretty big concept to wrap your head around. <laughs> no, I mean, I, so I, I probably should have, have, have a lot of questions. The thing is that I'm so fascinated by and I, um, is that, you know, I've been someone that um, for a long time in my life, and I'm 36 to, to be clear on that. Um, so not, not an incredibly long time, but I'm not quite a kid, um, <laughs> but, Fair enough. but anyway, um, you know, I was someone who was very um, rejecting, I guess is maybe a good way to put it, of of most holistic types of, of treatments. And over the last several years, I have come to, to accept that the world works in ways that I don't understand. Um, and that I'm, it turns out, and I know this will shock the listeners, but I'm actually not the, the smartest person ever. Um, I don't know everything. So... So I, I, I find it so interesting. And I, I, I think that it, what you're talking about dealing with the specific traumatic event and then going into past, present and future. I mean, to me, that actually sounds like it makes a lot of sense because those are kind of the three different avenues that a person could, could look at that through the lenses, maybe that a person could look at the, an incident like that through. Um, so anyway, I, 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 I the reason I, I bring up the, 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 previous more skeptical nature of myself is just that I honestly am just very curious. Like it's all just very interesting to hear you explain it. It's making sense. Um, but, but please continue. Cause I'm interested to hear kind of where, where it goes next. Okay. So essentially what happens is when, uh, well, let me take a step back. 
what happened for him is that it empowered him and he no longer mm -hmm. suffered with the back pains mm -hmm. that he had been suffering with. So what is happening with our bodies is we have uh, any, anything that's ever happened to us in our life, our body stores that memory. It's incredible what the brain does, okay? Mm. And in storing that memory, we're holding on to the energy of the emotions and the feelings that happened with that. It, you know, we're long past healing. Like we're, we may have been healed for decades, but the memory of that injury is still so vivid to us, like a car accident, right? Or something like this. And it's that energy of the memory and the emotions that come up in that is what our body and our brain is really holding it onto. So when you go back and rewrite the energy of it, <clears throat> when you go back and rewrite the energy of it, you're shifting out of the emotions that were there. You're, you're allowing your body to let go of the emotions of, that are there. You're retraining it by rewriting the path mm -hmm. exactly take a breath into that right when when you rewrite the path of that then it's no longer taking you down that same path into that emotion that you experience when you for instance shattered both ankles like this gentleman did right yeah well that's so that's really interesting so uh, i think i would guess what the answer is but i'm curious still uh, so is this also true of uh, a potentially like just an emotionally traumatic event where there's not a physical injury, but is it the same principles that would apply to any sort of trauma that a person might have experienced? Yes, very much so. Mm. Um, I will give you another for instance, if you like. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, my daughter came home uh, to her place at the age of, uh, let me think here, 21 years of age and discovered her best friend hanging. Oh my and a very, very traumatic event. Mm -hmm. uh, and I won't go into a lot of details other than when, uh, when all was said and done, she returned home to our house, uh, which was a number of hours away. It was a five hour drive away. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that process, uh, you know, I, I asked her if I could help her, if I could work with her. And she agreed to let me work with her. And what I did with her was I had her, um, you know, same as this gentleman, I had her lay down comfortable, relaxed. And, and when I'm talking about this, it's not like I just drop you into this scenario. There's some, some steps that go along the way. So you're, you're in a sacred space, uh, essentially feeling very comfortable, very, very cared for, nurtured. And then we walk back in time to this event. So what I did with my daughter was I walked her back and I had her walk into the house and instead of like energetically, so this is in her mind, she's walking into the house. But what I had her do was walk into the house backwards. So just as though she was retracing her steps, but, but in reverse, if you understand what mm -hmm, I said. Mm -hmm. So she gets to where she, her physical energy is still standing. Cause that's what's happened is when, when a traumatic event occurs, we actually leave an energetic piece of ourselves behind. Mm. This is why that emotion is still sticking to us. And the event is so fresh in our mind years later. So as she walked backwards, she came to the part of her that she'd left behind, you know, that physical, that, that, energetic essence of herself mm -hmm. and what i asked her to do was to step in in front of herself so that she was facing herself okay and then i asked her to collect that part of herself and to leave the house mm 
And so she did that so energetically, right? This is all happening in her mind, in right. her thoughts. And uh, then I, again, had her do this twice more. And uh, it really helped her to put that whole piece of it to rest in one essence. I mean, it's a very traumatic event. I mean, understandably, this is something that as a parent, I was absolutely horrified that she had to experience, but I can never imagine having experienced it myself because it's nothing I've ever experienced, right? Right. Um, so she still has moments where she not, may not necessarily uh, have that, that dramatic, massive uh, overload of senses of the imagery of that again, but she still has those lingering residual effects of that, right? Mm -hmm. But the rewriting of the energy of her going in and out and in and out to reclaim herself, first of all, what's important, but you're also having me recognize too, that I could probably go back and do some work with her now about recognizing his part of that because while we were doing the process it was strictly on her but mm. now because there's another person involved i could actually go back with her and rewrite the energy of even discovering him mm. right so there's there's so many different aspects to this yeah well and so you know i i think it's um i think it's interesting you know the one word that you're using a lot is energy but then the point that you keep kind of circling back to is that you know, this is all in, this is all thinking, right? This is all a, a mental exercise. And I don't mean that to, to dismiss the energy part of it or something, but I, I say that because for people who are listening that maybe aren't as familiar with these kinds of, of terms and things, it's, it, you know, you're being very literal in talking about that it's something that's happening in the mind, right? So I think that people get caught up in, um, thinking of these explanations as like being almost like paranormal kind of stuff. And that's not really what you're talking about. Is, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. I, and, and I honestly could go off on an entire tangent about the brain versus the heart type of things. Mm -hmm. But again, um, you know, I'd like to stick more to what our topic is here because otherwise we'll be talking for hours. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but, but is it paranormal? I mean, you know, <sighs> What, what does the word paranormal specifically mean with regards to this, right? Sure. Um, we're all energy. We're all connected to energies. I'm, and uh, truly the emotions that, uh, like if you bring in the word empath, that what that's talking about is, uh, and all people, bear with me here. If you bring in the word empath or empathic, all people are empathics. Um, many people... Uh, don't even recognize that they are, but they're still feeling the energy of what's going on around them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it's why people get so caught up on the energy of bad events is because it's affecting people in a really negative way. And they're, they're kind of like wearing their hearts on their sleeves, essentially. And it's the right. energy of that that causes this ripple effect. But the same thing happens when you go into the positive energy of things. Like I said, this is, mm. we can go off on a whole tangent. No, this here. is great. This is great. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, when you go, so if I, if I sit here and you hear me laugh, what happens to you, right? It, it brings this warmness to you. Right. So I've caused this beautiful energy to flow from me that's positively affecting you. Mm. Okay. Now, if I started screaming obscenities and being extremely angry with you, well, you can imagine what you're going to react like. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it, it's the same thing. I can walk into a room and be in a super poor, bad mood, like, like angry, angry mood. 
And by walking into that room, even if I do not say a thing, I am still affecting the energy of that room because I am energy. I'm coming into that room with this negative, low vibrational energy, okay? <clears throat> so that's what's happening when we are essentially, like I said, rewriting the pattern of something, rewriting the energy of something. We've left this energy uh, in a very negative uh, space in a very low vibrational energy when we have a traumatic event either emotional physical mental whatever the case is and when we go back and rewrite the energy of it we change it from this low vibrational energy into a much higher vibrational energy mm. now are you still with me with all that <laughs> uh, yeah 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 for sure i mean okay. as best as i can be right, <laughs> but right, yes right. but yeah i'm, I'm not i'm not I'm not zoning out or something at all. Okay. <laughs> it all makes it, <laughs> glazing yeah. over. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's interesting. statement that I um, came to in my own life that had a lot of power for me, although I will admit, it, you know, it's not that I've been able to apply this universally and I just have everything in my life is great or something. Obviously, I still have challenges as anyone else does. But um, when I was 20, my, my father passed away and it was a very, very traumatic event for me. We were really, really close and I just didn't, you know, expect that. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it was really hard for me for probably about a, eh, probably a good two years after his passing. Um, you know, I was, I was in the hospital room and I don't mean to go on and on about my own story, but oh, that's fine. Um, I was in the hospital room when he passed. And so I actually, you know, I don't mean to, to be too graphic, but I, I watched him take his last yeah. breaths. We'll say, um, well, for the first like year and a half after his passing, I would have a dream and in the dream it would be he and I, and we would be doing something totally routine, like not, not some grand adventure. Maybe we're sitting on the couch or maybe we're in the car riding somewhere, whatever. And it was just a normal interaction. And then it was just like a, like a movie edit. It would just cut and we're back in the hospital room and I'm watching that, that sequence again of him taking his last breaths. And, you know, for a long time, it was something that I was, really shook by and and I was very very vulnerable all of the time like you know anything could trigger me to just start crying right and it took me a long time to kind of get to a point where I decided that I I had to understand it differently like the way I was understanding it was not working because I, I didn't want to carry tragedy around with me on my shoulder for every day for the rest of my life right like that's not a way to live um and so I, 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 you know, certainly not in one night, but over time slowly changed what I thought of what it all meant. Um, and and, and to, to summarize it to some extent, kind of came to a conclusion that like, the, and this is not profound to me. I mean, people say this all over the place, but the, the reason that it hurt so much was because I loved him so much, right? And so that really like, yeah, I can focus on the one day where he left and, and now how hard it is. But the reason that that is true is because there was all this other time that was way more than a single day that mattered and was great, right? And so 
not that I want to acknowledge that he's gone or that I pretend like he's, you know, that that didn't happen, but just, I don't emphasize that in my mind anymore. Now the emphasis is on the life that I had with him and that, that that's why it matters. So I can still get sad. And, and there are times when I will still have, you know, a, a, a grieving response, but largely I don't feel that way. Um, in fact, I, I kind of feel like in his parting, one of the gifts he gave me, uh, or maybe the final gift he gave me was the understanding that perception dictates reality. Um, and anyway, the, the, all of that story was to get to that statement to say that that's <laughs> what, what you're talking about reminds me of that, right? It reminds me of this idea and it's, it's a different tactic. Obviously I didn't, didn't, wasn't familiar with energies and vibrations and the kind of stuff that you're talking about, but ultimately it sounds like it was kind of the same idea of like reframing what it all meant to, to move forward in a new way. Anyway, I'd ramble over, but. <laughs> no, no, I, you know what? I think what you just said was so absolutely critical and very, very eloquently said. That is an essence. You, you've done the same thing. However long it took you, it, you right. did the exact same thing. And um, it takes people, well, in all honesty, some people never, ever, Right. get over things because they choose to stay in the mindset yeah. of where they're at rather than going, you know what, I've had enough. And you did one of those enough is enough moments. Right. And then you put into practice whatever steps that you are doing and continue to put those steps on into practice. It's not like, you know what, you made that decision that you were no longer going to live in uh, that traumatic moment. And then when it, when it came up again, you, you stepped away from it instead of going, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm here again. Oh no. You went, no, okay. I'm here again. And I'm going to switch this again. And you just kept practicing and practicing and practicing, practicing, you know, it may not make it perfect, but you've definitely in a far better state of mind and state of being now because of it. And that's really important. I, I think you should give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. So well, many thank people don't. Yeah, well, well, I, I, you know, I certainly appreciate that. Um, and that, that, the reason that I wanted to connect it to that, though, is, is that's kind of what I meant about earlier when I was like, and again, I, I'm not trying to discount the language that you're using about the right. energies and stuff. You know far more about this than I do. But just the idea that, like, I think that sometimes if people aren't familiar with that language, it can they can become dismissive of it. And I say that out of, that's how I used to be. And it's yes. like, that's not what we're really talking about, though. Like, it's not that the word energy doesn't matter, for example, but it's also the larger point is, is really about how you're, you're framing things in your mind. And, uh, you know, it's a, the biggest cliches ever are, you know, it all happens between your two years or um, you know, the, the very simplest version of it is like, you can choose your attitude today, which attitude maybe isn't the right word in all situations, but you hear all these cliches or I did growing up and I was always like, yeah, I don't know, man, couldn't be more true couldn't be more true. Like it is all how, how we see things and how we think about things. And that's why I was so interested to talk to you about this work that you're doing, because I think that it, it, it's something that's not intuitive um, because we run from pain, right? Naturally. Yeah. Um, and so it's not intuitive to like, well, I have to go stand in the fire until, until it's not a fire anymore. Right. Until I see it as something else. Right. And, you know, I was lucky enough to have friends and family that were supportive and, and uh, this is going to sound like a weird thing, but the band tool um, really, really, really resonated with me. And, and the, the lyrics of those songs and just the, the music in general helped me kind of find my way. 
but that was almost kind of serendipitous, right? And so folks like yourself that are, that are actually committed to helping people, um, I just think there's a lot of power in that. And I think that, that it's, it's, it's incredibly important that people understand that there are resources out there. And yeah, like you mentioned earlier, there's, you know, there's the traditional Western medicine resources and sometimes those work. I don't mean, I, I, I can't yeah. say that there's no validity to it. Um, but I also can't say there's no validity to holistic approaches and the stuff that you're talking about because there absolutely is. Um, so, I mean, how did you kind of, I guess it was through your own, your own experience you described um, that you kind of learned about these holistic approaches. I mean, is this where you started with all of that? Did you, did you start kind of by understanding these energies or, or was it a different place that you kind of entered into this space with? Gosh. Well, I, I do want to say that, you know, I, I look at both sides of the coin right now because mm. I, I very much teach about mindset and perspective mm -hmm. and changing one's mindset and changing one's perspective mm -hmm. and changing the words that we use. Mm -hmm. And um, you know what? It's just words. Like you just said, you know, I use the word energy. Um, someone else could be using the word thoughts. Right. So truly is just about the words that I'm using versus the words that you're using or whomever. Sure. So, so when we talk about, um, you know, was this something I did all along? Uh, by no means was I aware of any of this. Mm -hmm. I, I, when I started to get into doing um, what I call energy work, mm -hmm. uh, and let me just kind of clarify what energy work is. Yeah. Um, so, so people have a better idea instead of thinking that I'm just coming out of left field. Um, energy work is like if you've heard of massages, if you've heard of Reiki, if you've heard of uh, intuitive touch or color therapy or any of these things, mm -hmm. these are all things that involve energy. Now, um, are you familiar with Reiki yourself? I Very little. I actually had a guest on um, this spring. That's a, a young lady named August Lim who hosts a, a podcast called The Weekly Woosaw. Um, and she's also a Reiki practitioner. So okay. she kind of introduced it to me. That was the first time I'd ever heard of it. So by all means, please explain about it, whatever you, you, you would like to, because I, I'm definitely very novice in it. And okay. who knows what the listeners know. <laughs> well, exactly. And taking it a step further, I mean, every time we hear something, it sinks a little bit further into ourselves. And then one day everything clicks right. and we understand it in a whole different light. Um, so essentially, if you just very gently rub your hands together mm -hmm. and then just pull them apart about a half an inch, you can almost feel like there's almost like this, yeah. um, you know, that's energy. Almost like a magnetism. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, now, technically, if we sat here and went further and further, I could actually get a ball, like an energy ball, create an energy ball in my hands and pass it to you through whatever, through the energy of the world, through the air, through the oxygen yeah. and pass it to you. And we could pass this energy ball back and forth, back and forth, creating this even bigger ball. And you can include like, um, you know, 10, 15 people doing this. And uh, eventually then you could pass this energy this beautiful positive energy that we've collected into this ball you could actually like if you reach out your hands a little bit wider say shoulder width mm -hmm. um, close your eyes and now just feel me passing it to you and even each one of the audience could be doing the same thing because i'm passing this beautiful energy ball to whomever collects it so feel the energy of it going into your hands now do you feel like possibly a slight tingling mm -hmm. okay that's energy mm. okay isn't that, isn't that a beautiful thing? So now what I'd like you to do with that is I want you each yourself 
and any of the listeners to pass this on to the to who you think would serve best like who needs some positive loving energy to come their way and just send that to whomever you want to right now and it'll just go to them okay mm. so um that that is an in essence what energy is all about so now when i did a reiki course uh way back in uh the early 2000s i when I was practicing on a girlfriend and when I was practicing on a girlfriend, we had a really extraordinary experience happen. And, um, and because of that, the energy in the room became very, very loving, very, very light, very, very joyful. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine a very happy moment in your life and then feel the energy of that in your body? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want you to just imagine that in your whole body right now. Keep, keep that vision in your, your head. Keep that vision in your heart. And what is it doing to your body? Like, how do you feel when you're feeling this energy of this happy moment? Yeah, I mean, it, it, almost like the excitement of the moment comes back exactly. over. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is energy. And, and this is how easily, like, if I, can, if I can get you to rub your hands together and I can pass you an energy ball, I, I, I mean, you can imagine how I'm affecting you if I come into a room and I'm angry and I don't mm -hmm. even talk. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm talking about with energy. So everybody has a better understanding. Um, so... Uh, like w when you're tapping into the energy like that, what we have to understand is if, if our body is f remembering a traumatic event, okay. Mm. And we have that, that, uh, that energy of that event, that low vibration, because it's a, it's a chaotic moment. It's a stressful moment. It's, it's possibly painful or it's very um, upsetting. Um, and we've possibly left something of ourselves behind there in the moment, a piece of our energy just like I explained my daughter did, uh, just like possibly you may have done uh, at mm -hmm. bedside of your dad, right? Uh, one of the first things I ask people to do is to literally go back and collect those parts of themselves when we're mm -hmm. in a session, okay? Um, and uh, so bear with me here a moment. I am taking this in a specific direction. Sure. Uh, now, when I'm talking about the feeling of things, mm -hmm. If you go someplace and you're, you're like, wow, something just feels off in this place or just, mm -hmm. you know, there's, I get this feeling. It's because people are leaving these pieces of energy everywhere. Mm. Okay. So you may go to a place and, and uh, like, like uh, churches, uh, graveyards, graveyards are really notorious for leaving behind a lot of traumatic grieving energy. And when you go into an area like that, it just feels really, uh, really heavy and dense. Mm hmm versus going to a playground where there's children laughing and, and you go into a place like that, or, or if you go outside in your yard and it's sunshiny and the birds are singing and that, the vibrational energy, the high energy of that just feels so much more comfortable. So this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about all the different energies. Hmm. So my clear, more clear awareness with energy came at a time when I was doing an orthobionomy course. And orthobionomy is essentially, it's very similar to chiropractic, but instead of moving the body the way that the doctor, the chiropractor wants to move it, you actually allow the body to move the way that it wants to. Okay. Which is another, we could go off on a whole story about that. <laughs> um, having said that, I was in a class and I approached the table that the client was on. And I stopped and I actually switched directions and approached the table from the other side. Mm. I did this totally without even realizing what I was doing. And the instructor said to me, 
holy cow, you are so observant. And I'm, I turned around like, I, what do you mean? I'm, I'm not sure what you mean. And she goes, well, you are obviously feeling the energy. If you are that attuned to being able to pick up which side of this person to come and approach from. Mm. So that's when my real awareness mm. of energy actually started. Mm. Because I was doing it in, like, you, you use the word intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing it without even knowing it before. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's intuition when you do something without knowing it, right? Right, right. Yeah. No, I think that's, I, yeah, I just think it's, um, I think that's really, I think it's all very beautiful. And I don't mean that in a, in a I understand. dismissive way at all. Um, I, I really, I really do mean that. And I think that, I don't know, I'm, I talk to so many different people these days and I talk to, I, I think about, you know, I grew up in, in the Midwest United States, Springfield, Missouri, which is known as the Bible Belt. Mm. Um, and for a long time, really, and just until the last few years, honestly, very strongly rejected that yeah. as, you know, having any credibility. And while I'm, you know, certainly not a, a Christian at this point or anything like that, I, there are parts of it that are, are, are um, that are great. You know what I mean? There are, there are elements of it that are great. And, and what I, I, you know, like when, when you talk about, whenever you talked about um, passing the energy to someone else who needs it, I, I have a, a few other friends that are also very um, much more, I'll say aware of the kinds of things that you're talking about that I am on, on my own. And they, they explain them to me and it's all, it's all again, very interesting to me. And it, it, what it makes me think of though, is it, it kind of makes me think of prayer, right? I mean, it's a very different thing that we're talking about. We're, you know, literally trying to pass the energy, but, but at the same time, it's almost not because that's when you pray for someone else, right? When you pray for someone else's better outcome, that's really what you're still trying to do. Like in either way, yes. you're trying to get them something that, that you think that they need that that's not a tangible item, right? Right. Um, I, I, and my point again is not to dismiss either of the techniques or any of the philosophies behind it or any of that as much as just that it just dawns on me over and over that it, it's, you know, and, and I also talk to psychologists and life coaches and those kinds of people. And that's a totally different discipline, right? But in the end, like the thing that all of these practices are, are ultimately trying to do, it seems like is, and then, man, I'm, I feel like I'm about to sound corny here, but um, it's, it's just about trying to like, just, give people love, like just trying to connect, connect that ultimate, like that love energy to people. Right. I, again, I don't know. You are bang on. You're absolutely bang on. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a couple mantras that I, I really truly uh, steadfastly do on a daily basis. Um, one is called the I am love mantra. And the other one is the I am open mantra. Do you mm. mind if I share them with you? Please right do. Now? Yes. Okay. Um, first, first of all, um, I teach about self-love and this I am love mantra is so very, very powerful. So mm-hmm. breathe your way through it with me. Listen to the, my words and breathe your way through it with mm-hmm. me. Okay, so I am love. I am loved. I am loving. I am lovable. I love me.
How did that feel as you breathed your way through that? Yeah, it's, it's super, it's super powerful. Um, uh, and I'll, I have a story to share, but please, please continue. I don't mean to okay. talk over you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I asked that for a reason that, that how do you feel? And I love that you felt the power of that mm-hmm. because it's very indicative of where you are on your own personal journey with regards to how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want you, first of all, to be very aware of that. And I'm so proud of you for being where you are at. Uh, people who breathe their way through this and feel this overwhelming wave of emotion while they're doing it, it is because it is likely the first time in their lifetime, this lifetime, that they've ever said anything or felt anything like this. So it shows where they are at on this, uh, this, uh, what do I say here, on this it shows where they are at with regards to how they care about themselves. And so often we're talking about, you know, I love you. I love this person. I love that person. But very rarely do we talk about loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's why the, this I am love mantra is so very powerful. That's one of the first things I teach people and ask them to do on a daily basis. Many, many times through the day as they start to begin to change their mindset and their perspective and start to step into caring about themselves. Because truly, if we don't care about who we are, how do other people care about who we are to the degree that we would actually like them to be caring about ourselves. Right. Yeah. And, and that can actually go way deeper because, um, you know, some people will say, well, it's, it's, if I care about myself so much, I'm being selfish. I'm not doing this for anybody else, et cetera. And what you're actually doing is you're actually becoming more open and more loving and more caring because you are caring about yourself, Mm -hmm. which is so profound. So yeah. very profound. I'd love to hear your story because I, and then we'll do that other mantra if you don't mind, if you got the time. Oh no, yeah, we've got we've got as much time as you as okay. you, you want to have. Yeah, we're we're good. Um, well, I was just gonna say it, it, that you know it, and then what you said after that is it resonated even more because, so I started this journey of um, you know self improvement, self help, whatever you want to call it, about a, a little over a year ago now, um, and I, I work with a life coach now for just just at a year. Um, and you know, here, here's another one of those language differences. You, you say mantra, I say affirmation, but yeah. it's the same exact thing. Um, and you know, affirmations have been a huge, huge resource for me. Um, I do a few different daily self-care routine things like journaling and meditating and visualizing and that stuff. But affirmations is the one that I think is the, the most profound for me. It is the the quickest shortcut I've found to change beliefs. Um, and, and the, the most important lesson that I've learned in this last year is, is how to love myself, which is why I can say, you know, have the response that I did because yeah. it is, it is so, so huge. And, you know, I don't, again, I don't mean to go on about myself much, but I've had a very powerful year in this last year. And I think that that I am on a, a course where things are, are, are changing in a good way for me. And I think that the foundation of that was exactly what you just said, which was learning to love myself. Yeah. And at a very fundamental level to understand that like, like there, there is no such thing as a character flaw. There's just such thing as a bad habit, right. Or a bad routine. Like there is, I am not born a, a broken thing, right? Like right. all of it can be, can be fixed, done, changed, however I want it to be. Yeah. And, um, 
And yeah, it's just, you're absolutely right that that is such an important thing. And I think that that mantra that you, that you went through there, um, which I don't mean to jump ahead, but I think that's also on your website. I think I saw it yes. there as well. And I say that just so people know, and we'll have links and we'll talk about it at the end that people can, can have access to this, but that's a really great mantra. And that's so, it's so awesome for people who aren't there yet to, to man, like, please go use it. Please go yeah. check it out. Because honestly, honestly, it doesn't actually matter if you believe it when you start saying it, because a lot of the affirmations or mantras that I do are things that I don't think are true, but I want to be. And then by practicing saying it and practicing drilling thinking it it's crazy how quickly it starts to to reveal itself in different scenarios um anyway uh, again please the, yes <laughs> I, I love i love this you, i'm chomping at the bit here i uh i love what you said there because what what you said is essentially so very important because we need to live in the energy of what we want to be yep. rather than what we are yep and that's exactly what you just just said, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and, you said it way more succinctly, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a little bit of practice. Sure. I teach this, right? Um, so let's let's step into this other mantra too, because I think it's very important too. And and you know, for me, the things that I teach are the things that change my life, mm. and that's why I bring them to this platform. That's why I teach them. That's why I continue to walk this talk of doing the I am love mantra or affirmation, as you said, mm -hmm. and, and truly, you know what? I could sit here and go, I am love. I am loved. I am loving. I am lovable. I love me. Do you notice how powerful that was versus the breathing of it? Yeah. Yeah. The you breathing know? is really, is really, really good. It's the key. It truly is the key. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just so anybody's aware, if you see a mantra and you love the words, start to feel into how you want to take a breath in certain spots and pay attention to that because that will change that that affirmation or that mantra for you in a huge way for you, okay? Mm, that's awesome. So let's step into the I am open mantra. Okay, so taking a breath. Mm -hmm. I am open. With no expectations. No limitations. And I am okay with the outcome. Now, how did that one feel for you, Walker? Uh, I would say a, a similar kind of feeling. It was, okay. it was it, because it's a thing that I've been, another thing that I've been working on with my coach a lot is um, controlling what I can control, right? Which is basically me. <laughs> That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're so right. You know what? As soon as we let go of control, we're actually in more control. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and, and and, sorry, go ahead. I just want to explain a little bit about this because you had a positive reaction to that, that mantra. Many people have a very negative reaction to that mantra, mm. believe it or not. And that again is a telling uh, point in it. If if you're unable to get to that part where you know I I'm okay with the outcome, many people go, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm not that that phrase just really really bothers me. It bothers you because you have expectations because you have limiting beliefs. That's why that outcome part bothers you, right? right. So it's learning how to let go of those expectations, learning to know what limiting beliefs are coming up, and then 
being able to let go of those and that, I, this is a whole process this isn't a you know a 10 yeah. conversation around this is if this is like classes have been developed around this many people have worked around this so it's it's understanding that if, if that mantra is a little bit more difficult to breathe your way through there's a reason why and and that reason why is why you start to work with people like myself mm -hmm. and other people who are are more familiar with bringing up expectations limiting beliefs and triggers right mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's, um, and, and that's, you know, that's why I love, I love the opportunity to talk to, to folks like yourself, which to be clear, I've never actually talked to someone exactly like you. Um, so yeah, I don't no mean, <laughs> you're, you're very unique. So I don't, I don't mean to say that you're just a run of the mill it. or something. Um, yeah. And I mean that as a compliment. Especially in the modern world of technology where, you know, we're behind our screens all the time. And, and I don't remember who I was talking to recently, but someone brought up that, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, like if you were to go and, and stop by someone's house unexpected, that's completely acceptable and normal. And now, and I'm, I'm this way too now, if someone knocks on my door, it's like, who is knocking at my door right now? Because no one told me they were coming. And even if it's a friend, like, is there an emergency? Like why? So my point yeah. is being that we're all, I think just a lot more isolated than, than we used to be, despite connecting online and over the internet and things like that in the ways that we do. And, um, it, you know, the, the two things that, that jump out to me in, in these conversations is again, the, the point I made earlier about, it all kind of comes back to just trying to, to help love ourselves and then, and then subsequently love, you know, each other. Um, and the other thing is that it, it's, it's, it's connecting with someone else. Like it, yeah. it's not a process that you go through alone, right? Like it's not something, and, and yeah, there are techniques and there are things that you do alone. But again, as I said earlier in my own very early part of my own journey, I, you know, I talk to a coach constantly, right? Like she's a huge, huge benefit to yeah. me. Um, and I, I wouldn't be the, the tiny amount of progress that I've made over the last year wouldn't have happened without that other person. And it's, it's true, whether it's a psychologist, whether it's a coach, whether it's a therapist or whether it's, you know, someone like yourself that, that what, what, what is maybe the most quintessential value of it is, is that you're getting someone else who is plugged into you and is willing to work with you. And there's no expectation back, right? Like when you work with a client, they don't then step you through working through your own things that you need to work through, right? Like you, you probably have someone else that you go to for that. Well, well hey, just, just let me let yeah, follow back yeah. a bit here. You know what? Um, you know, we had a really interesting conversation before we even got 
on live. Yeah. And it was it was because we were having technical difficulties and you were in a state of apology and I was in a state of, you know what, no worries. Kind right. Of thing. And and it's it's in those moments that we start to shift our perspectives. Uh, you know what? I, I I literally write in my morning pages. I journal just like yourself. And I write every morning in my morning pages that I'm a teacher, mentor, student and coach okay mm. we are always evolving we are always learning you know what i have these incredible free support calls and i have groups etc and i learn on those just as much as anybody else does okay sure so so um there is a give and take yes when you come to me as a client there is uh you know there, there's some parameters and and there is um i i don't like to use the word expectations but there are some things that you hope to get out of working with me sure. or another coach or whatever. Now, having said that, if you don't do the work, then it's on you. Right. 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 So, so um, wh when I talk about this, I am open mantra, that was a real game changer for me. Mm. Okay. So uh, I, like I, I, I was saying it literally every day for two years and then I literally felt the and again, here's that energy word. Yeah. I felt this incredible shift within myself. And when I say shift, it's like, it's just like when you're standing somewhere and a door opening, you feel this blast of air. Right. This, is, this is what I mean by an energy shift. I felt an energy shift within myself where I actually stepped energetically, physically, both physically and energetically into that mantra in a very profound way. Mm. So when I say I'm open with no expectations, no limitations, and I'm okay with the outcome, I can honestly say that 99% of the time I am exactly that. And that's why when I came onto this call with you at the beginning there, when you were having all the technical, or sorry, I was having all the technical difficulties um, that, that you saw, I just flowed with it. It was, it was not a big deal to me at all because I am yeah. in there with no expectations, no limitations of being okay with the outcome. And when you actually learn how to step into this mantra and continue to say this mantra, it's life changing because your awareness shifts entirely you no longer see the world through those rose colored glasses or through whatever colored glasses you were seeing the world through before because you have changed so dramatically well and i think you know um i, I think something that's so interesting that i've been thinking a lot about lately here is is this idea where um i i i will say in a situation well it's just easier to do X. So let, let's say in the example you're just talking about, well, yeah, but it, it, you know, that's really hard to let go. And it's, it's easier for me to hold on to it and want to, to try and control outcomes and dictate it. And, and it's true that it's easier because it's more familiar. So in that way, but I think maybe only that way it's easier, yeah. but what we don't, what we're not admitting or what I'm not admitting in these circumstances or, or not admitting is the right word, but recognizing is that, it's actually a lot easier to do what you're talking about. Like if, if you can let go, a lot of the, the stress of these things and all of this pressure and all like that all goes away and that's not easier. Like you might be used to it. It's like the hell, you know, kind of thing, yeah. but that doesn't make it better or preferable or any of that. Um, it's just getting over that initial discomfort of, of changing and shifting. But man, if you can get through that, it's not easier to, to hold on to stress all the time, right? Like, well, well, and essentially too, you, what you're doing is um, you are stepping over your own boundaries. Like you, you're, you're, you're not even recognizing that you should have boundaries mm -hmm. because you're just being complacent essentially. Right. right? 
Right. And um, this, this being open with no expectations, no limitations of being okay with the outcome, um, it, it, it puts you into an entirely different state of being. Mm. Like it, it, it's, it's almost as though, um, it's almost as, like, I can't even put a, a description to it. I, like, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to use that terminology. Bear with me here a moment. <laughs> I mean, the word that comes to my mind, just to, again, I'm not, you know, just from intellectual places, maybe peaceful, right? Yes. Like it's, there's a peace yes. to it. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for, for using that word because that's what it is. It, it, it is. It's this sense of peace. And honestly, you know what? Uh, I'm still human. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if, if I have a human experience, like I have a, a death in the family or something like that, I'm still going to grieve. Mm -hmm. No, uh, but, but I'm going to grieve differently from somebody who isn't walking their life in this mantra, mm -hmm. in this, I am open mantra, because, uh, because I'm stepping into being open with no expectations and no limitations and being okay with the outcome. My being visited as you were by your dad in all of these beautiful scenarios, and then them flipping over to the other, other one, mm -hmm. those moments when he was visiting you were, were beautiful pieces that he was trying to show you. Like mm -hmm. I could, you know, it just, it just takes you into a different place. So you have a better understanding or a, a different understanding mm -hmm. of, of looking at things, way of looking at things. Right. Yeah. And well, here I am again, I'm going to tie it to another, a totally unrelated philosophy, but you know, it, it's kind of like, I've always, again, like I said earlier with my relationship with Christianity, it, you know, it, it's not a strong one personally, but I think that if a person truly, truly embraces the teachings of that, that, that you, you do you, you're responsible for you and everything else God's going to handle. And Jesus mm -hmm. already paid for that and all that. Right. Like, again, yeah. It, it, it doesn't, it, it's not something that resonates with me personally in that way, but it's kind of the same ultimate, the same result, right? Because it's, you're not trying to control everything. Like you, you right. do what you do. And then beyond that, in the, in the case of that faith, you're leaving it in God's hands. But you know, if, if that doesn't resonate, like for me, it doesn't, then what you're talking about makes more sense. Right. But ultimately it's getting to that same place of learning to let let go of what you yes. can't control already. Right? Yeah. And, and you know what? I was born Catholic. Uh, so yeah. I was raised Catholic. <laughs> I was raised Catholic. I was baptized. I was confirmed, etc. cetera. And um, I actually, in my book, A Spiritual How-To, I've actually got a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I, in my book, A Spiritual How-To, I actually have a chapter in there that is titled, uh, how God fits in this. Mm. Okay. And I think that's really important to recognize too, is, is, um, you know, I, I'm coming from a spiritual aspect of things, mm -hmm. but not necessarily a religious aspect of things. Right. Right. And, and, you know, the world is so magical. Mm -hmm. It truly is. It is so magical. So if, if, and, and you know, you spoke about, how your background, like I work with people from Texas and, and uh, <laughs> areas where, where um, uh, I can't remember, there's, a, there's a, a certain type of religion. And these people, I think uh, Dee Wallace is actually one of these people who has grown up in this specific type of religion. And there is a lot of work to be done with people who are raised in that religion um, because of the limiting beliefs that are brought to them. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, 
that there are so many different ways of thinking in the world. However, it's so beautiful too, that there are so many different ways of thinking in this world. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think that that's, I, well, and, 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 you know, to be clear again, and I, I've probably, I'm probably belaboring the point, but the reason I keep bringing up like in the way that, that passing the energy, like you showed earlier with, with literally using our hands and how that made me think of prayer. It, yeah. it, it, the reason I say those things or the reason I'm drawing these connections is because, and again, you know, here's me being corny, but especially United States right now, yeah. there is a lot of emphasis put on how we're all so different and how there's, there's this binary choice constantly of, of it's this way or it's that way. And it's like, it just dawns on me from talking to all these different really fascinating people like yourself. And, and I don't say that to flatter you. I really mean that. Yeah, I understand that it's, as much difference as there is in the nuance of it, there's so much similarity in the in the goals or the final results or the objectives of these things. And so I, I, I'm comparing it to really not to draw the distinctions, but to show that like similarities. Yeah, like if you're if you're someone who's a you know a Christian that would never talk about the energy of a room or something in that way because that sounds uncomfortable. You like, well, I'm I'm trying to show you that it's not different than what you're talking yeah. about, right? Like when you go to church and it, and you feel that up, then the reason that most people I know yeah. that go to church go is because they feel better when they walk out of that room on Sunday, right? Yep. Like, and that's because of all the things that you're talking about, which is all of these intangible, energetic, emotional kinds of things um, that are, are while intangible because I can't draw it on a piece of paper or pick it up with my hand, are very much felt. So they're not intangible in that way, right? Like they're very much experienced and realized um, in, in that sense. So anyway, again, soapbox over. I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know what? If somebody goes back and they listen to this whole thing and they literally change the word energy to atmosphere. Yeah. You, you, you know, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. And I don't yeah. even mean to be critical of the word energy. Yeah. I think that word's great. Um, it, it's, it's just, again, people get hung up on stuff and it's like, stop stop it. Like all yeah. of this is valid. <laughs> all of this, yes. because in the end, like I said earlier, it's all about, it's all about love and loving yourself and loving each other. And that's not cultural. That's not an age thing. That's just, I mean, obviously everyone gets what love is, right? <laughs> no matter Very what language so. you speak. Very so. much. So. And, and what you were saying too, about how there's so many similarities. I mean, if you are stepping into, uh, like really start to listen to the music the words of songs throughout the generations, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's, there, the things that are being spoken about in songs are so profound in so many cases, mm -hmm. and they, they really lend credence to what we're talking about here. Yeah, you know, in a, in a very profound way. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I had a thought the other day that I'm curious what your sentiment on it will be. And if, if you disagree completely, that's, that's totally okay, to be clear. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a thought that, you know, emotions are kind of the most, um, the first thing that we experience in a, any given circumstance, right? Like yes. the emotion is not, you don't really pick it. Like you might be able to pick your, your thoughts and your beliefs to help kind of frame what emotions are maybe possible in a scenario, but ultimately you don't, pick the emotion it kind of happens right so on the one hand it's you can't get more real than it however emotions will also lead to certain thoughts 
and those thoughts that the emotion leads to are not always accurate or I don't want to say valid because it's not like, and I don't want to say a person's own thoughts are not valid, but, but simply that the way that you feel about a situation initially or the way a person feels about a situation initially might not necessarily be the best frame of reference to understand how you should think about that situation because instead kind of what we've been talking about is it's like you reframe the way you think about it and that can then change the way that you feel about it. I, so I guess what I'm trying to get to, cause that was all very confusing is just this idea that like, yeah, we should trust our feelings at the same and, and recognize them and experience them at the same time. There's a, a balance to be struck in understanding that the, the thoughts that generate from a feeling are not absolute or are not, permanent and maybe is a better way to say it. does that make any sense or am i is that all just rambling <laughs> well, well it, it sounds very much like rambling on one hand and what's kind of coming up for me like my hands are on fire and this is kind of like uh you know an indication to me of uh the correctness and what i'm thinking and what i'm going to tell you now yeah. what i'm going to say now it's my my go-to tool uh it, it, it's our 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 thoughts our brain we tend to live in that egoic brain for most of our lives. In fact, we are born and raised to, well, we're sorry, I'm going to take a step back. We are born as a heart-based person. Uh, the joy that a little infant finds in everything is absolutely miraculous. It is a learned behavior to live in our brain and in anxiety and stress. Mm. And, uh, and what happens in those first uh, five years of life, literally from conception to, you know, five to seven years of age is so telling because those, that's the baggage that we bring into our adulthood. And that's what, what forms our thoughts, forms our, our uh, way of thinking. And truly when I start to work with people, the first thing that I ask them to do is to really understand that they're very overbalanced into the egoic, into the brain side. And what we have to do for a while is literally overbalance the other way and into this loving space, into this heart space. And you probably experienced this in this last year yourself where, where everything was just like, holy cow, sunshine, roses and everything else. And I want <laughs> everybody else to experience this because I'm feeling so incredibly in, just, just wow. Right. right? And, and in that process, then we learn to bring it back down into this beautiful balance. So we've started out in this very egoic brain side where we're mm. thinking about the anxieties and the thoughts and everything else. We've gone and shifted into this incredibly heart-based side where we're just like everything's sunshine and roses. And now we bring it back into this balanced state where we can coexist within ourselves, both our thoughts and our heart. Uh, our brain and our heart, because that's a much better place to be in. Then when things are happening to us, we have better coping skills. We're not stepping into this, uh, this, uh, um, well, to, for an example, I use the solar plexus or the stomach, the mm. belly as an example, because there's a very thin line in there. And that very thin line is, it's like even thinner than a spider web, but we balance on that thin line in our belly. And we have a choice when something happens to us we have the choice to either step into the excitement of what's going on or falling back into the fear. And when we step into the excitement of something, regardless of what it is, then we actually have the ability to change our whole entire way of reacting around that and how it actually affects us in such a huge way. Mm -hmm. If we fall back into the fear of it, then anxiety, stress, and all these horrible things occur. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. No, that makes, that makes, no, that, that makes sense. And that's, yeah, that's a, a much more clear way of trying to explain 
what I was was kind of trying to, to allude to. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was reading a book recently where the author explains um, that some people are able to, to just think and, and internalize their thoughts and, you know, go through that. And other people um, need to talk in order to, to kind of process their thoughts. And I have... I have decided that that is 100% me. I have to <laughs> I have to talk through wow. whatever's in there to to try and figure it out. So, um, and in this space, as is probably very obvious from our conversation, this this whole space is rather new to me, um, and I find it fascinating. But I'm very much a novice in trying to even understand how I think about it and how to speak about it. You know, so I appreciate you're you doing a beautiful job helping. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, so in your practice. You know, obviously, we've talked about working with individuals and things. So, are you are are if someone is listening here, and you know, obviously, you've got a website and those sorts of things. But if they wanted to work with you, you've got a book; they can check that out. Are are, are you working with individual clients still? Well, though, you know what? I actually have what's called a, a path to self empowerment or a path to soulful empowerment. And okay. essentially, there's a, there's a couple free things there. I do a free support call on Tuesdays. Uh, that uh, the information for that is on I believe it's on my website. If not, it's on my business page on Facebook. Okay. I then have a free uh, Facebook group called soulful empowerment. And then from there, I have a paid membership, which is very reasonably priced. And then I actually have the one-on-one -on -one vision quests, one-on-one singular sessions, which mm. you've, you've kind of spoken about before we got on live about what's available on my webpage. And uh, then I also do uh, group sessions and group programs as well. And the information that comes through is just so incredibly power because as I said before, I step into being open with no expectations and no limitations of being okay with the outcome. And by, um, by going into that better balance of myself that where the brain and the heart have an equal uh, floor um, the information that comes through I no longer believe it's coming from me directly mm. I'm thinking it's coming from a far deeper sense you know they say that our brain I'm not sure exactly what the percentage is of the brain that we use but it's a very low low amount and because it's such a low amount we're not tapping into that energy but because I step into being open with no expectations no limitations of being okay with the outcome I am tapping into that universal knowledge that's within me now because of that mantra i'm also one of the other mantras that i write in my morning pages is that i'm i'm aware connected and all-knowing and it is absolutely amazing the questions that my clients come to me with because of stepping into that mantra and i even am further amazed by the information that flows through me mm. not from me but through me to answer these questions Right. No, I think that's, I think that's a, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, and I'm not a musician or an artist in any way. So <laughs> take yeah. that for what it's worth, but it's almost kind of like, like, did you really like, and again, not a musician, but does a musician really write a song or do they just kind of discover yeah. an arrangement of notes? Right. And so to some extent, it almost sounds like that's kind of what you're describing it. I mean, obviously you've trained and studied and, and, and know things intellectually. So I don't mean to diminish that at all, but to your own point, it's almost as if sometimes maybe you're kind of like discovering the way to position these principles that are already there. Okay. Beautiful. I, I, I really want to address something that you just said. Mm -hmm. Okay. When, when you said that you've trained. Okay. Um, many people in many fields 
need to be certified by that field. For instance, a doctor, a brain mm. surgeon, a dentist, mm -hmm. et cetera, right? And, and I mean, I could go on and on and on about the people who need to be certified in a certain field. Mm -hmm. In the holistic field, there's a couple different things happening. One, yes, there's incredible certification programs out there. I provide a certification program because that's more what the clients would like to have mm -hmm. is a piece of paper saying that they've been through this course. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, I've been certified in, in many courses. However, by stepping into being open with no expectations, no limitations and mm -hmm. being okay with the outcome, I have opened up far past what, what I ever would have imagined being capable of doing because of that. And I mean, we could do another whole talk show just around uh, how I've healed my own body mm. with, with, ha with having severe injuries and things mm. because of stepping into this, being open with no expectations, no limitations of being okay with the outcome. So, um, so when you say training the universe, this, this universal knowledge, this universal wisdom, what's in my DNA, what's in all of our DNA is on tap for me to access. Sure, sure. No, that and that, that's that, that's a, a fair distinction. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't discounting your your you know, the work that you've done. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but so so it sounds like then that people. I mean, because you're you're based in in Canada, um, but even if someone's U.S. based and they wanted to work with you, they can they can absolutely still have that opportunity. You know what? All of my work has been online for the last uh, three years, solid. So you were ready for COVID. Oh, I was so ready for COVID. Yep. <laughs> well, I, in that yeah. one way, at least. I... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and the growth I've had this year because of this yeah. has just been um, insurmountable. But yes, I'm, I do everything by distance, either getting on a Zoom, getting on an email, getting on a phone call, or just literally, as I mentioned before, working in the energies. Like you could say that you have something physically wrong with you sitting here now, and I could work on it energetically for you. I mean, we won't go into that right now, but, but this is the type of work I do. This is so the capabilities. I do want to, I do just want to throw out a really quick anecdotal story of, on my own um, sure. relating to that. And that is that, so my mom, this was years and years ago, but she had a, a bone spur on her foot. And um, I have an uncle who is friends with a guy, um, his name's Dr. Wong, and he's from China and he pr practices and I'm sure I'm not getting this right, but basically like ancient Chinese medicine kind of thing. Okay. I don't know that it's similar to what you're doing or how similar it is, but he, he does acupuncture and he talks a lot about energy and, and at least some of the same terminologies, right? Um, and my mom was really struggling with this bone spur. It was on like a toe and I physically saw it, right? So I, I can vouch that I saw it. And she contacted the, the, my uncle put her in contact with this doctor um dr wong and he said okay i can work on it go lay down for 30 minutes and then call me back and she said okay so she did and she's a, honestly even a little skeptical but she doesn't yeah. know what else to do and she doesn't really want to have surgery to have it removed which would be the the western way um and yeah 30 minutes later she called him back and the bone spur was gone yeah and i saw it with my own eyes and this is an example of where like and I'm, I don't have a college education or something, so it's not like I'm some highly educated person, but just the, the, the part of me that wants to be like, eh, if it's not a math problem, I don't believe in it. Yeah. And it's like, well, I just saw it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, 
So I, I share that story just to share that, like, I, you know, again, I don't know exactly how closely the disciplines are related or any of that, but what you're talking about, I've seen with my own eyes yeah. and uh, it, it's powerful stuff. Um, yeah. I, uh, I want to relate a story as well. Yeah. Uh, I was working with a, a, a gentleman who was a, a friend of mine in high school and, and I was working with him more recently now. I'm 57. So I was just working with him probably about two years ago mm -hmm. and he was at a point in his job where he honestly thought he was going to have to quit his job because he was having so much pain in his leg. Mm. I was sitting in the vehicle with my husband driving and we were talking on the phone and I said, I asked his permission if I could work on him. He said, yes. And I, I said, okay, I'm going to hang up and I'll talk to you later. And I started to work on him energetically and I used my knee, my leg as the, you know, the, the model, I guess you could say, and uh, did some work. And uh, probably about an hour later, he phoned and he goes, what on earth did you do? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I worked on you. He goes, well, this is, this is incredible. This is like a miracle. Like you have given me new hope now. Yeah. I, I am, I am. And, and he didn't quit. He's been working the same job now for the rest, like since then. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Now that's, that's great. That's a, that's a, that's an awesome story. Um, well, Sandra, I, I really, really appreciate so much that you, you came on the show this evening and we've had the opportunity to have this conversation. Um, I, I'll, I'll, like I said before, I'll definitely have links to all of, uh, you know, your, your website yeah. and your Facebook business page and all that. And, and the show notes, people can click it, but you know, the floor is yours. If you've got, if you want to tell people where they can, can find you. For sure. Uh, you know, looking up my name on Google, Sandra Pelly, and it will take you to most places immediately, both Facebook, uh, my Facebook personal page, my Facebook business page, my uh, Facebook group, I believe it'll take you to, it'll take you to my website. And um, I'm actually promoting right now an empowering experience where it's a, a five-day free workshop where you can kind of step into working with me and, and discovering about the energy of doing things for yourself. It's about empowering you uh, in a little bit more uh, profound way. And I, I really want to thank you too, Walker, for bringing me on and letting me speak so freely about what I do. So, so few people get to, get to hear the way I do things and understand it uh, at the level that you do. Even though you feel like you're a fledgling in this, you've, you've come in here with your, your heart open, with your mind open, and that's been very empowering for me. So thank you. Awesome. Well, I, I'm, I, I had a blast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Pelly, it's been a pleasure. Okay. Take care. Take the 
All right, folks. Well, that's all for the show today. Thank you again so much to Sandra Pelly for stopping by. Thank you again to Misha Zarens for the music. And of course, thank you, listener, for listening to the show today. I'd also like to invite you to listen to my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a video game podcast I co-host with Brett Lindley. Pick Up Your Sticks focuses on why gaming matters. Uh, You can find Pick Up Your Sticks anywhere podcasts are found, so wherever you listen to The Walk Show, you should be able to listen to Pick Up Your Sticks. Again, really appreciate the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.